time you're back with first time films. Uh, this time we're talking Gladiator, the 2000 film uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, I'm also joined by Truff, as always. Hello. It's good to be here. It's fantastic to be here. We were meant to do this last night and I was so happy for once that it got rescheduled because I'd be even more negative <laughs> last night than I will be tonight because I was fucking knackered. I was ready to come in and say I hate everything. So I'm happy I'm slightly more positive tonight. Class, class. I'm also joined by Sweeney. How you doing, mate? Aye, how you doing? No, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, no, you're, just, a, in you're gym. A, just in for the gym, mate. You're a, are you training to be a gladiator or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big fan, big right. fan of Gladiator, uh, Sweeney, ain't you? Aye, mate. Honestly, I would say it's in my, my top three films of all time. Top three films Brilliant. of all time. I love it. I've uh, I've got very good things to say about it. Class. Many positive well, podcasts is going to be. <laughs> oh, well, you think that, mate? But uh, based on trust me, period there, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we had so Gladiator, right? Had a budget of one hundred and three million. Uh, let's give a wee guess to see. The box office, Truffle, will start with you. I don't know. Oh, fuck. I'm trying to think 2,000. It can't be that high, so I'll go 400 million. Okay, Sweeney. Uh, I don't know. Would it be that high? Uh, I'll, well, I'll go 420. Fuck oh, you, bastard. Ooh, nice. You're a bastard. 420, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, four four hundred and sixty. It made oh, so <laughs> so Sweeney takes it takes it by the skin of his teeth there. Uh, so yeah, Gladiator starring Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, and Connie Nielsen. Basically, the story of um, the Spaniard alias Maximus Decimus Meridus, and uh, he's basically on the on the run from the emperor after um, former being a former. Imperial Guard um, and he has to sort of flee eventually gets sold off to a gladiator trainer and um, basically strikes makes his steps towards uh, taking his vengeance over the Emperor um, it's it's an alright film right Sweeney I want, to know, <laughs> I, want, I want to know what you think that makes it absolutely class first I just think I, I think all around like even like Kind of cinematography and stuff like that, but I think the acting is brilliant. I mean, That's I think of the actual, the actual, the the, the lineup for it is incredible. Like you got like Joaquin Phoenix, Russell Crowe. You've even got uh, for those who've watched Sons of Anarchy, uh, Tommy Flanagan. He's in it as yeah. well. He plays Cicero in it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, I just, oh, I just love a film. Like it's, it's a film I could, I could rewatch over and over again. So it's brilliant. And tough. Um... I did mention it there. You you weren't too fizzed about it. What's your what's your thoughts? See, it's my <laughs> it's my first time watching because um, I've seen clips and all that throughout the years. And Sweeney's got the world on his side. You know what I mean? This one fucking best best picture and all that jazz. And I will agree with him. We'll talk about it in more detail. Obviously, I'm sure Jack. The acting is stellar. I just thought the script was a bit basic, man. You know what I mean? Mm. It just takes it. It's, it's like I don't really care about the villain and his interest. Essentially, it's just a big fucking fight tournament movie. The guy who's we talking Karate Kid next week, I see no difference apart from this is set in <laughs> Roman times. Uh, like, everyone's like, oh, that's a pure great script. Oh, look at this writing, it's so prestigious. I'm just like sitting in my bed like, yeah, yeah, meh, you know, it's all right. <laughs> no, I have to agree with you, Tough. Uh, we put it to our viewers uh, and listeners, sorry, on Instagram. 
and uh, it came back with really positive results. Ninety five percent was thumbs up, basically, uh, for you know, for just generally about the movie. So um, it is an interesting one where it's got such a popular um, following. Uh, you mentioned there, Truff, about the writing. Dave, I think it was David Frizzoni wrote the screenplay, um, and as I mentioned, uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Now it comes from a book um, that was called "For Those About to Die," uh, and I think that I think it's basically that's that line "For Those About to Die" is actually used in the film. But I think it's also um, I think ECDC took it for "For Those About to Rock." We salute you because I think it's pretty much yeah. a kind of play on that words because that line for whatever reason, and now it's kind of a popular phrase for some reason, mm-hmm. like "For Those About to Rock" or "For Those About to Die." You know, it's a, a common sort of battle phrase. There's, a, there's like a funny link to that actually, a uh, kind of weird link I just remember there. Was there not like a Pepsi advert like years ago where we will rock you and it was in like a Gladiator arena? Do you remember um, that? Aye, no? it was like actually. Years, years back, aye. So you was it all, was it all the footballers for, for Pepsi advert? Was it all like, the footballers stemmed it? Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was like singers, was it not like Beyonce and stuff? Oh, maybe it was. This is like a pure Mandela effect because I have no memory of this advert ever existing. Like you are saying this, and I'm like, no, no fucking. It's on YouTube. I YouTube after. Send it in the chat. (laughs) So uh, our listeners seem to approve of it, um, and so did the Academy, as you mentioned, Truff, um, on the seventy third Oscars. It won Best Picture um, against. No, it didn't really have that much competition. I'd say. Chocola, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Aaron Brockovich, and Traffic were the nominees for that year. So, yeah. Truff, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, the four that it's up against, you're probably expecting it to win. Uh, no, and this... no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I've just got angry again. Like, I'm trying to be nice. Like, it's not a terrible film, right? I fucking love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I love that movie so dear to my heart. And I'm calling racism on this shit. But they just didn't want to get <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Because honest to God, man, if you gave me those two films and said, and said like, choose, it's not a decision to me that it'd be Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So I'm upset about that. Uh, and you're right, apart from those two, it's a, it's a bit slim It's a bit slim pickings uh, in the, the nominations. But what movie came out that year that didn't get nominated for Best Picture, Jack, that I think you'll be annoyed about, Almost famous, famous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did. I did mention that. Um, it, funnily enough, it lost to Almost Famous um, for Best Original Screenplay, which did win that year. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, yeah, uh, it missed the cut for a nominee for Best Picture, which is a shame because if you're giving credit to the screenplay writing and that, then you, I mean, and support know, acting. Yeah, I, mean. I know they're kind of they're kind of shitting a wee bit on the uh, the actual direction of it, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah, and that's that is a shame. Um, also, we'll move on a wee bit to the Best Actor nominee. Obviously, Russell Crowe won Best Actor for it as well. Um, Sweeney, is, is Russell Crowe one of the best things about the film for you? I mean, like, he's, he's part of a kind of... I would say a stellar lineup, but I don't know if, if at the time are they that kind of stellar because I know there was like Richard Harris and stuff like that were in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played Marcus Aurelius, um, mm-hmm. but they're always kind of seasoned actors. But um, you know, back then, you know, it's, we're almost going back twenty years now, so just mm-hmm. um, a bit of perspective on it. But it's, it's, it's a fantastic lineup. But Russell Crowe just makes it like I don't think the film would have done as well if it wasn't for him. 
I think he pulls it. He, 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 he just he just pulls it all together. Bro. Yeah. Uh, interesting, interestingly enough, right? I like Russell Crowe, and I know he gets he gets some pockets of stick uh, for other things, and he's, he's kind of <laughs> he's came out of his comfort zone a few times. But I think uh, you know I genuinely like him. But when I was watching this, I wasn't absolutely blown away by his performance. Not mm. you know. And it's funny that Joaquin Phoenix is in there as a supporting role, uh, a lot younger, of course. But when I think of movies that won Best Actor, like um, The Joker and Joaquin Phoenix, I'm like, wow, I was really blown away by that performance. And then, yeah. and then I compare it to this, I'm like, ah, I mean, it was all right. But, and I, get, I don't know if that's what you're saying, uh, Sweeney. It's been 20-odd years, so maybe just the way we look at it and the way we analyse it now is a bit different. Uh, yeah. Truff, what, what, Truff, what's your thoughts on Russell Crowe? Did you think really, really good performance, or was that one of the sort of flaws that you thought from the movie? We'll come to, we'll, we'll come to the Steve Clark of cinema uh, when we talk about Ridley Scott later on, but I don't place the blame at Russell Crowe's feet for his performance being a bit boring because that's just how Ridley Scott's leading men are. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we, we watch Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison Ford and Blade Runner is there just basically as a tool, you know what I mean, to carry the yeah. plot forward. Um, it's the same when you go to something like I would say the Robin Hood movie that he did, mm-hmm. uh, Prometheus with Michael Fassbender, The Martian. Uh, it's the similar, similar sort of thing. I don't know how Matt Damon got nominated for that. When I don't think Matt Damon's doing too much in that movie. It seems to be the roles are the leads of Ridley Scott's movies, like are the better part of it. And then the guy at the middle is just sort of there. But some for some reason, the Academy seems to love him. Having said that, I don't think Russell Crowe was dreadful. Um, there was a bit, like, see when his wife and kids die, like, it did move a bit quick from grief to I'm sort of sound again. You know what I mean? And it moved a yeah. bit quickly for me there. Um, but I did, I liked his line delivery, particularly um, in his interactions with, um, what's her face, Lucilia. Uh, I did like their dynamic oh, to him and Connie Nielsen. Connie Nielsen? No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting enough, you know, I, I I don't, like, there was nothing in Russell Crowe's performance that I thought was fantastic, and I think you could get, um, you know, I'll probably get slated for it, but I think you could get a number of different leading male uh, actors for that role, and they would probably do it justice. Well, um, funny you say but that. But <laughs> I think he was, he was, he, I think he was lucky that he got this role. And managed do you know to, who's you meant know, to get it? No, who, tell me. Mel Gibson was offered at first. Oh, of course. No, <laughs> no, no chance. Uh, I honestly, could, I could see Mel Gibson in that no ball, and it wouldn't yeah. be that much. They were, look, they were looking at Hugh Jackman <laughs> as well. Hugh Jackman was one, and uh, Antonio Banderas was the other one. Uh, Antonio Banderas would have been decent. Yeah. Natural Spaniard. I think he would be like the best of a, a bad bunch. I, I don't think he'd be any of them. I think he might be like Hugh Jackman. Like, I, I think he's a fantastic actor. Nah, Hugh, Hugh Jackman would be a bit shite. Antonio Banderas, you know what I mean? Like, like, Can you imagine he's Hugh probably Jackman? the best of those, those, those three, but I, I could not imagine anyone else apart from him. <laughs> imagine Hugh Jackman, Jackman even being like, I'm the gladiator. <laughs> I know, it turn into a musical. Uh, honestly, it would. <laughs> I'm howling. <laughs> He's like asking, "Are you not entertained?" And then it's like, "Because I am the greatest showman." All these like fucking, all these can can dancers come out aside alongside. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you expect. Big shug, man. Big shug in the oh. in the business. Oh, shug! Shout out, shout out to the prisoners episode as well. Absolute right. class. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so Russell Crowe did obviously win best actor. He, similar to the the best picture nominees, you know, 
he wasn't really up against much competition except for Tom Hanks and Castaway. Um, now I've not actually seen that, but I've heard massively uh, popular things, uh, positive things. Sorry, mm. Tom Hanks probably would have been in a shout for that. But again, when it comes to the actual, I think there must have been a whole following, as I said, behind this whole f- this whole film. There's not been a long um, drawn out story that's set in this sort of time for a while I think when you think of like uh, uh, like Cleopatra and stuff like movies like that sort of yeah. uh, Lawrence Olivier time that's the last time we've really seen them explore this time period mm. uh, and I think that yeah I think because it was a two, 2000s was a sort of turning point year and Gladiator first time I've seen something like this for a while uh, yeah I think that's maybe why it's caught so much um Positivity and why it's eventually done well at the Oscars as well. I don't know, maybe not because you've got to look as well, though. Like the Oscars, people who voted in it, especially at that time, were older white men, and the people who worked in those old sword and sandals movies Mm. were not yet dead yet. (laughs) So they're looking at this like, oh, we used to make movies like this back in my day. This is what movies Uh should be. You know, uh, enough. It's funny you say that nobody died or like. Uh, it's funny you say that they're not dead yet because uh, pretty sure uh, Oliver Reed, who played the like the gladiator trainer, what was his name again? Uh, oh, uh, the guy who gets. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. That's going to annoy Proximo. Me, Pro- Prox- yeah, Proximo. Yeah, it is Proximo. It was Proximo. Uh, he actually did die during filming, apparently, from a heart attack. Um, and they had uh, apparently they got like a production company to just like <laughs> dress up a stunt double, just like a body double, <laughs> just, put, just make them look as close to him as possible. And yeah, they wouldn't have, proper, had, they wouldn't have had CGI and stuff. I properly uh, noticed that. I was like, that is definitely no right guy. <laughs> a guy wearing his beard. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny. Uh, not funny that he died because that's a real shame. Um, I rest in peace, Oliver Reed. <laughs> But yeah, it's funny you said that nobody died because he absolutely died during it, and it's a shame. <laughs> um, they just they just cast him with another guy. It's hilarious, uh, amazing, amazing. Um, it did also win best sound, best costume design, and best visual effects. Truff, what actually like what constitutes for best sound? Like just like the sound effects, like like the chinking of swords, or like, it's what? it's it's difficult because it's changed over the years. So I'm trying to think when the Academy Award for Best Sound actually got changed because it then became at one point Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, actually, yeah. I'm trying, it would have been about this time. So it was right. So the last year that the Best Sound Oscar yeah, got nominated like this. So be, this would be Best Sound Mixing. Okay. Um, so this is essentially. Uh, the clinking of the chains and stuff like that, you know, the sound that they are they're adding in, uh, so like foley and stuff. Like best sound editing is the way that the sounds sort of being physically put together. It's really hard to sort of tell the difference sometimes between the two because obviously there's a lot of overlap in the areas, but that's the best way that I can describe it. Um, but then, like, how how do they how do they gauge it? Then is it just like like how authentic it feels or sound? Sorry, um, or how do they actually gauge it? It's the Academy. So, Steve, for these individual awards, the guilds that represent these individual awards are the only ones to vote on them. So when you're looking for the award for Best Original Screenplay, it's the Screenwriters Guild. 
uh, the members of that who have put forward those nominations. So it is their peers, like the guy, the sound guys in the movie industry who are looking at this and watching uh, these movies thinking, oh, they've done this really well, or they've done that really well. Um, and it's it's dead difficult because a lot of the time, like to the average moviegoer, and even to the non-average moviegoer, even like 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 it's very difficult uh, to pick out that that sort of thing. Um, but because it's noticeable when there's bad sound, but when there's good sound, it part of its appeal is to go unnoticed. You know, that's part yeah, of what makes yeah. the job well done. So it's difficult to define, but that's the best way I can I can describe it to you. Uh, no, right now. That's, that's fair, that's fair. Uh, as far as costume design goes, what the hell is the, the fucking Emperor guy wearing at the end? Costume, uh, come on, what's his name? Commodus? Like, what the hell is he wearing? That is the worst costume Aye. ever. <laughs> Aye, hold on, I'll just take on the gladiator and I'll just wear... I don't know what that is. Uh, I <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I'm trying to think of something to even say it looks like a towel or something like, do they go to a Power Rangers edition and, like, <laughs> like, and forget to colour in his suit <laughs> Commodus derived me in general like, I know that is what he's meant to do like, and I can feel like but I think he, he plays job. it really well and, 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 and by no stretch of the imagination I would say actually Joaquin Phoenix is like one of his finest performances I think he plays a character role really well that kind of like He's like a snivelling kind of character, you know, <laughs> yeah, like fueled, fueled with jealousy, you know. Um, obviously, you know, he's looking for his father's affection, and etc. If his name wasn't um, Commodus, his name would be Randall. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that's the kind of name that just, like, sits, you know. Hey, Randall. <laughs> Randall. <laughs> Randall. He's really, I know we watch Game of Thrones, right? But did the incest feel worse than this? Like, to anyone else, like, I, don't know. Like, I, I think because it was because it wasn't consensual, uh, or like <laughs> mutual, it was just like uh, I don't know. He was just sort of prying over her. It was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, an older Joffrey Baratheon. <laughs> That's what he is, isn't it? Oh my god, yeah. that is so true. He's like a Joffrey. Yeah. I will. I all in agreement then. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, is there anything else from like a sort of a supporting character performance or anything that you you thought of? Any note? Is there anyone like you particularly likes when I know that you, as I said, are a big fan of the film and have watched it many times? So, like, is there anything watching it again and again that you pick up that maybe somebody else wouldn't? Um. In terms, sorry, in terms of just the film in general, or the yeah, just cast? something in general. I was thinking, like a, maybe a supporting actor or someone that maybe doesn't get a, a fair mention a lot of the time. Um, I would probably say Tommy Flanagan. He does quite well. Cicero. He's, he's, he's got a very minor part in the, in the film as a whole, but um, he's. I think he's a great actor. I've loved him and whatever he's been in. Um, obviously, he's a big, big uh, a Scottish actor. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I um, obviously there was Richard Harris who I think he did he played the original Dumbledore was that right? Yeah, he did then. Um, yeah. I think yeah, he sounds think... he sounds exactly the same. You know that way people uh, must just have the same voice. I, I remember like, when I was watching it just there, and it didn't it wasn't it hadn't really struck me yet that it was Richard Harris until I heard him say a particular word and I was like. Well, that's Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore's <laughs> just said that. Uh, I just plays the same role all the time. But yeah, uh, I would probably say um, I would go for for Tommy Flanagan. I think he's he's obviously got a minor role in the film, but uh, he's uh, brilliant acting. Tommy Flanagan's uh, obviously got the there's like really really 
uh, distinct facial marks, like the scarring or something that he must mm. have. Um, and yeah. I, I think that always seems to put him apart in movies. When you see him, you just know exactly who he is. You know, uh, a lot of people associate him with Scottish acting as well because, well, because of that, because he's so distinct looking, and of course he's got a Scottish accent. That he, even in a in an American English. Uh, films set in Rome. I'm trying to get my my places right. <laughs> uh, American English speaking <laughs> film, but set in Rome. But you're just going to cast the Scottish guy and get him to just days part in <laughs> Scottish anyway. Uh, so you know, I think he's obviously he does testament to that role as just being like a supporting guy who's Scottish. I think, uh, yes. but he also does, as I said, he, because of those um, very distinct facial marks. I feel like. He is a good. He's a good caster uh, for anything, like because you can just throw him in there and be like, "Aye, that's that guy with the face." Nah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Alex, <laughs> I mean, he was in. He was in. Uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy, I think. Uh, he was in from the start, I believe, um, and he's also in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm sure he was in Braveheart as well. Right, uh, Braveheart. Um, so he's, he, he's done. He's done loads of stuff. Um, you know, he's as I said, I think you put it, he's a really good supporting actor. Like you couldn't imagine him being the kind of main role in any kind of films. Um, but yeah, testing him. He's done well for himself. That's a really good face. Stood, stood the test of time. Stood the test of time. <laughs> uh, tough for you, Hans Zimmer. Nah. Lovely score all the way through. Big fans of Hans Zimmer. Um, mm. You know, it wasn't until watching it this time round that I was like, wow, he. Seriously, just copied and pasted a lot of the music, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think in the exact same thing. See, I, I don't actually, I can't remember it, but it's the Pirates of the Caribbean score. Like, there's aye. a bit where it just changes at the end. Like, aye, it's the basically, the it's note, note for note apart from the last note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just copies, mate. I think it's um the ah. Is it something like no, that th- one? Is it? Is it? Duh, duh, oh, fuck. <laughs> now we're just singing random fucking notes. But like, <laughs> like honestly, man, like the score is great, right? I want to say the score is lovely, as is ours are most Hans Zimmer scores, right? And they're really entertaining. And I could probably listen to this score. This this score I could probably listen to in the car on my Spotify, right? Uh, but honestly, fuck, man. Like, it does get a bit repetitive when you listen to his work over and over. I mind you were talking about the concert you went oh, to. Oh, no wonder. I was literally, that was what I was going to <laughs> there, to be honest. <laughs> Me and my sister bought tickets for it. Um, and I think we must have walked out after about eight minutes. <laughs> because it had been eight minutes and I did not know one bit. Well, I was probably exaggerating, but yeah. It de- def- definitely didn't even make it through the first half. And uh I it was absolutely dreadful. Like, yeah. I like music and classical music as much as anyone who likes. Because I was going to say as much as an ex-person, but I don't know how many people that is. Um, <laughs> but just, just generally, you know, I, I quite enjoy it. And you know, like movies, I thought this would be really interesting. It'd be like, you know, maybe some sort of performance alongside, obviously, the orchestrated music by Hans Zimmer. I thought, oh, this will be the most fucking uni student thing to do ever. <laughs> um, and then. I couldn't believe how disappointed it was. Absolutely trash. Like, Aye. it was uh, just so boring, like terrible. Yeah. And I, Speak- I was looking around, like, how can people be being enjoying this? Like, really, you know, like, fair, fair enough if you're watching a movie or watching even at least like clips from the movie or something with with the music. It was gen- <laughs> genuinely just the orchestra, a big screen, but it, the the screen was only showing like mist. 
Like it was showing like <laughs> like a visual effect of like mist or like a sun or like whatever, but it was never like an actual something you could watch. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, like anyway, shite would not recommend. Can you see taking a boring? Can we move on to Ridley Scott quickly? <laughs> like, it's, right. um, like I called him earlier the Steve Clark of cinema, which if you look at any photo of the man, you'll see exactly what I fucking mean. Uh, but also in in the sense that Steve Clark uh, plays not the most exciting uh, football, but it's very good strategically. You know, it has a really good shape, and you yeah. can't you can't criticize it from a technical point of view. This is exactly what I feel about Ridley Scott's films because technically they are very very sound. He is a great visual director, right? But seeing less the script has an excitement level of, like, 8.5. You're going to come out of one of these movies bored because he seems to dull every single script that he gets his fucking hands on to the point where his movies are extremely boring. Now, if you don't get what I mean, let me run down his filmography for a wee bit. Alien, right? Like, <laughs> Alien, he comes dangerously close to making a movie about an alien eating people on a ship. Boring. Blade Runner, <laughs> he comes also dangerously close to making a movie about replicant clones in a futuristic society. Boring. The Martian, a man is literally trapped in fucking spades and everyone's trying to save him. He comes close to making it boring. And movies he's failed to make it exciting include Prometheus, boring as hell, Alien Covenant, boring as hell, his Robin Hood, Boring as fuck. Like that's problem. Would you say truffles? Right? Would you say, looking over all those films, that Gladiator is the best film that he's done? <laughs> no, because but I drank you, Alien. You're a big Blade fan Runner. of Blade Runner, you know. Uh, yeah, what I, say. I drank Alien and Blade Runner are above above them, but Gladiator probably comes third. Which, considering I'm sort of so-so in Gladiator, should tell you how I feel <laughs> overall about Ridley Scott. <laughs> no, it's funny. Like most of the movies that you mentioned there that are done by Ridley Scott have become almost cult classics. Um, as I said, if I consult my my hundred must-see cult movies on my wall here, um, <laughs> both uh, Alien and Predator. In fact, was he Predator? Sorry, or did you say? No, Prometheus? no, no. He was not Predator. Predator okay. is a is the opposite of Ridley Scott. It's like quite bad right. to me, well, but exciting. <laughs> well, Alien, Alien uh, Prometheus is, is not on there, but it's of the same lore, is it not? Of the same canon or whatever? Aye, it's a prequel to it. Aye. Uh, then we get, what else do we have there? Blade Runner, we've got there. there. Yeah. So there you go. He's, he's kind of brought along a few cult classics. Does Gladiator fall under that category? It's no. not on my list, but... It's too mainstream. Um, like it was immediately mainstream, like mm. recognized, too made too much money, made for too much money. This was like this was a mainstream hit, you know, at the time. For me, cult classic needs to have like a sort of almost small build, yeah, you know, um, before it sort of discovered and appreciated Gladiator. It was too big a hit. I will say, I missed out film on Louise, which is one of his movies. If you haven't seen film on Louise, it's a very good film. Um, so I can't have any complaints on that. <laughs> to be fair, film on. So he is, really he is a capable director, but just just yeah, a boring. Maybe he's, he's a Steve boring Clark. guy. He's Steve Clark. Steve Clark. He, he also is. makes <laughs> yeah, like Steve Clark. He also makes absolutely shocking subs. I mean, poor, <laughs> poor uh, Oliver Reed died. He was just like, I'm bringing on some random guy. We're just going to throw a throw a beard on him. Uh, uh, he, did, he did that. Remember the Kevin? Because he directed. He was the director of All the Money in the World, and he's the guy who. <laughs> Ah, yes, Chris Palmer. 
he replaced Kevin Spacey, brought in Christopher Plummer and said, we have 30 days to refilm the entire movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> that was his extra time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a truffle way of uh, filmmaking. <laughs> exactly. Let's just try and do it. Thirty seconds. days. Stretch that out to two years. We might have a better figure, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I I used to watch Spartacus, right? And I wanted to just mention this as a as a sort of comparison to Gladiator because I see I see loads and loads of similarities in Gladiator to the Spartacus series. I don't know if you've seen that, Sweeney. That seems like something you might have been into. Yeah. Is that the one? No, no, any spoilers. But was that the one where the Changed characters halfway through. I did. Yeah, I think the yeah the uh, original actor season yeah. one died. I think. Jesus Aye. Christ! What actor yeah. died in this show today? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was good. It was a good. It's a good series though. Truffle should you give it a watch. It is really good, but do you know? I mean, you obviously enjoyed it as well. But Gladiator being one of your favourite movies, how do you like that sort of dynamic as a as a TV show compared to what you get crammed into a sort of two hour movie? Mm. I I mean, Spartacus was good. It is a bit of a watch though in terms of it's very repetitive um, I probably prefer it um, watching it like something like Gladiator so it's like a film okay. rather than some sort of TV series uh, I think I think his, his truffles probably I think it was either your truffles that mentioned at the start as well saying that you know it's, it basically is just killing folk <laughs> like an hour and a half you know what I mean or a bit so it's there's always so much you can do with it um, those types of films, yeah. um, or sorry, See, TV series. So, yeah, I know you. I know you haven't seen it, tough. But from my mm. from my point of view, what what Sweeney's saying um, about for the film, obviously we get a lot of fighting, and you know that is probably what Ridley Scott is banking on making this somewhat exciting. Um, yes. But what we do miss out on for me is a bit better character chemistry, um, you know, character interaction. Uh, yeah. actually just a wee bit better plot like I don't know just plot development like it seems like the plot's as you said Truff a bit dry it's like you know a, a decent a decent screenplay that's yeah. been made you know decent again uh, for me but it's obviously done really well what I like about Spartacus is similar to a lot of TV shows is it's a wee bit longer drawn out you get that character development you get to understand them better um, over the series you know over a uh, series of a number of episodes so with gladiator you know would you prefer maybe not even gladiator specifically but if you were going to watch something like this again uh and this sort of swords and sandals would you prefer a, a tv show do you think <sighs> if we really knew more yes. about maximus yes because we discussed it before coming on here the sort of game of thrones comparison i had yeah. with the politics that i feel part of the problem was i didn't get invested enough and in, the politics, what he was fighting for, the characters involved, the history, really get to see relationships develop. So that would have been solved had it been a TV show. What I wouldn't want to see, I almost made the mistake of watching the extended fucking cut of this movie, which as you know with Ridley Scott and Blade Runner, you just can't hear that fucking shit on. It was almost like four hours or something like that. I was like, fuck that for a laugh, man. It's already two and a half, give me a break. Um, but ultimately, yes, I would prefer it as a TV show, but Jack, I do have to laugh. I have found the, I have found the proposed plot for the sequel to Gladiator. If you would like me to inform you of. Oh, go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember hearing about this years ago. This is why I've typed it up here. 
and absolutely balking at the idea back then, but basically it was titled Christ Killer, okay? And it was described as deities versus deity versus humankind. And the script would have opened with a group of dying Roman gods reincarnating Maximus, who returns to Rome uh, to defend against the Decian pers persecution. Um, and it would have concluded with Maximus defeating Roman legionnaires led by an adult Lucius and becoming an immortal force of war with a 20-minute sequence of Maximus fighting in the Crusades, World War II, <laughs> and the Vietnam War before ending oh, up my God. the modern-day Pentagon. <laughs> Some people have far too much time in their hands, didn't they? Uh, this, well, who written, came up with that? This, this was a script. This that was, was written by <laughs> Nick Cave. Like, Nick Cave wrote this script. What, like, Nick Cave? Nick Cave and the Seeds? Yes, and the Bad Seeds. Yep. No way. No That's way. where it gets even stranger. Actually, <laughs> it was Nick Cave. Oh my God. <laughs> Nick Cave, man. Take a look at yourself. Nick Cave's the man with too much time in his hands. Uh, uh, Nick, no, Nick Cave I think... absolutely has to look up himself. Gladiator has to be left well alone now, uh, in my opinion. Um, we're just going to give it scores and then we'll we'll move on for our, our news. Um, I think I've maybe been harsh. I, I, I've kind of been growing like, oh, that's decent, it's all right, and all that. It's a, good, it's a good watch. Now, I think that was my third time watching it. Um, I think I just expect more from it because it's so well-liked. Mm. And I watch it and I go, aye, that was all right. Um, Truff, what's your score? Seven. Definition of a seven for me. Yeah. It's a seven. It's okay. Solid seven. <laughs> and Sweeney, in your top three, I can only imagine that it's a pretty high number. Yeah, I was I was going to say ten, but I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say an, like a nine. It was uh, brilliant. I, I I think it's a great it's a great overall film. It's, as as I said at the start of the show as well, it's a film I'd I'd happily rewatch over and over again, and I it will always be my top three. Unless unless Gladiator two the sequel gets made and we'll see how that Christ killer Sweeney Christ killer it all sounds like all a bit okay until you got to the bit when he starts fighting in World War Two in Vietnam War and all that and I'm like right, man. I know I was man. Uh, it sounded like right okay you're trying to make it some sort some sort of uh, I don't know some sort of Roman religion uh, aye. To like, it, like that's not sort of thing. Aye, the Titans and that. It's not a terrible idea, but you can't take Gladiator and do that to it. That'd be that'd be a real shame. I'm <laughs> gonna give it what an arsehole. <laughs> aye, what a freak. I'm gonna uh, gonna give it a seven as well. I think. Mm. Solid. Good. Solid. <laughs> Lovely. Gladiator. Right, rated eight was it there? An average. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. And we move on to your news. Right, news. Big news, Sharp Boy and Lava Girl. Can can you believe it? <laughs> Sharp Boy and Lava Girl, we can be heroes, set for release January first, twenty twenty one. I've not even seen the normal one, so I'll let you just talk about this. I don't I've never actually seen any of it or really even familiar with it until you sent me the news, Truff, to be honest. You've, you've never seen Sharp Boy and Lava Girl? Nope. It's uh, so it's we talked about this guy on the um um, on Mandalorian this week because the director Robert Rodriguez will be directing an episode of uh, The Mandalorian this season. He's coming in. The, the guy who made Machete Kills and all those bloody Mexican movies also made Spy Kids and The Adventures of Short Boy and Lava Girl. Um, basically, it's kind of like an imaginative boy who daydreams and daydreams his superheroes to life. Um, 
so from what I can tell, um, this takes place in that dream world, this sequel, and the parents of the children of this superhero world have been kidnapped. Like, the superhero parents have been kidnapped, and the kids have to save them. I just didn't think... Class, I. <laughs> I just didn't think Sharp Boy and Lava Girl was, was did well enough to get a sequel, but nah. apparently Netflix seen it. disagree. <laughs> I've seen um, Pedro Pascal from uh, Game of Thrones, he's in it, apparently. Aye, aye, he is in oh, it. Oh, so the Mandalorian's in it, no? Aye, Pedro Pascal is in it, and he is there with uh, Priyanka Chopra, um, who is a very famous Indian actress. And Christian Slater, who is also very famous. <laughs> I don't know, Jack. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't even know why I put this in the, the docket. Uh, you gave it to me and I thought, <laughs> this, is, this is news, really? <laughs> this is a bit ridiculous. Anyway, now to the actual decent news. John M. Chu, uh, director of Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, is in talks with Disney producers about a possible live-action Leo and Stitch. Now that... Now that I would get on board with, why not? Draw a few groan there, what's that? Mm, um, <laughs> why not, mate? Why not? We're doing it with every other movie, as well. I, I know, but now we're getting to like our childhood. <laughs> like, like, like this, is, this came out when we were young in the cinema. We're very, I feel very attached to this era of Disney. And I don't like the fact that that's becoming nostalgic. It makes me feel old. Try to be positive about it. John Chu, I loved Crazy Rich Asians. It's dead fun. It's it's a nice movie to watch. It's a good watch. And you know what? If Disney wants to up the sale of Stitch toys, maybe they've dropped in the last couple of years. I don't know. If they want to sell more Stitch merchandise, power to Disney. You go for it. I will listen to Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride one more time. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just really interested in seeing the big fat guy in the movie, like in live action, like, <laughs> dropping the, drop the ice cream. <laughs> like, I think that'd be yes. Fun. Oh my God. And who would play Bubbles, do you think? Uh, Cobra Bubbles Samuel L. Jackson maybe Was it, it was Ving Rhames Wasn't it In the first one No uh, I don't know It was Ving Rhames Ving Rhames actually voiced it Ving Rhames could probably Do it live action To be fair Probably Yeah Terry Crews uh, Terry Crews that would That's be a very good shout That's a, that, that is an extremely Good shout actually He would play it Slightly differently Because he need to go He need to go like Full Terry Crews with it yeah, you know I mean? like pure fake angry, like what? <laughs> like you're shouting, yeah. like that. Or maybe you make him some. Maybe you make it a double act. Maybe you go Terry Crews and Kevin Hart, and make them one of them Cobra, one of them Bubbles, and it's like a pure like mixed match team, like good cop bad yeah. cop. You know what I mean? No, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm sorry, I've, my my mind's away there. I'm pure thinking like, who who are casting for this movie now? <laughs> I would say Steve Buscemi should be Pleakley. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, that'd be decent. Who plays? What's the guy's name? What's the, the actual doctor guy name? Oh, uh, Jumba. Jumba, yeah. Let's get sliced alone in there. What? <laughs> why? I, I just, just would be funny. Like, unless it's going to be ridiculous anyway, so might as well just embrace it. Like, go full ridiculous. Yeah. Like yeah. uh, what's your general thoughts on that live action? Leon Stitch, you? Would you be on board for it? Well, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not really overly fussed, but it seems to, just generally speaking, I think the live action films have done well. Um, they've also likes the Lion King, etc. So they've obviously they've, they've done quite well, and they seem to 
seem to just be making more and more so uh, but as far as Lilo and Stitch goes as I guess kind of way back in our childhood and I, I, I don't think I would go see it I'll say that <laughs> but um, but uh, I'm all for live action anyway. Cool. something that I'm quite keen to see is Thor Love and Thunder yeah um, very good still not sure what the, the release date is for that Truff you might know better than me um, it'll keep getting pushed back so I could I could look it up what it is now but it doesn't matter it does not matter we are to keep things in order and so yes. they'll keep pushing it back until something can get out in cinema you know aye, what I mean absolutely we should do the cast for it though incredible aye. well I was about Did to say <laughs> I was about to say Chris Pratt has joined uh, Idris Elba Natalie Portman who's returning as well Um so yeah, it's it's good news. It's all good news. They're obviously Chris Pratt being Star Lord is obviously going to make an appearance, and there'll be some sort of crossover there again, which is good to see. Um, there has been some negativity around Chris Pratt recently. Apparently, some relationship troubles and such. I'm not really sure of the ins and outs, but I heard it through the grapevine. Um, so I wonder how that what that leaves him, and especially with everything that's going on with Johnny Depp and Co. See, I don't, I haven't, I'm going to Google right now because I think Chris Pratt's thing was mainly that he was rumoured to be part of a church that was a bit homophobic. Um, And I really think that's the only thing that's came out about him. But really, me, myself, I don't know Chris Pratt. I think he, I think he also left his wife, though, for another woman. Yeah, very, they, did, very they didn't cheat on her. I think they got divorced. Recently and, uh, yeah. They got. I'll defend Chris Pratt here. Uh, <laughs> at the risk of getting cancelled. He's a like, scumbag. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think this was left-wing Twitter going after someone uh, who is a religious Christian. And me, myself, would like to defend the LGBT community if there was any wrongdoing to us whatsoever. <laughs> However... I don't think Chris Pratt is the biggest threat to queer men and women around the world that exists. And that's all I'm going to say in the matter before I get my membership card taken off me. As for him, joining For Love and Thunder, as long as it's not too big an appearance, because I don't want it to be Guardians of the Galaxy 3 featuring Thor, because I think one of the things that Taika Waititi did well in Thor Ragnarok was for the first time actually make Thor an interesting character in his own movie. So yeah. I would like the focus very much to be on Chris Hemsworth. If Chris Pratt is there at the start or something like that, just have a wee interaction with Valkyrie yeah. or something. That yeah. would be nice. But just get him out of the movie after that. Get him away. Christian Bale. Christian Bale as well, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I actually forgot I'm surprised that. at that. He's the villain. He's playing yeah. the villain. Yeah, yeah, I'm buzzing for that. I think that'll be class. But this is what happens when you get Taika Waititi to direct a Marvel movie because everyone wants to work with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's good. <laughs> Natalie Portman swore she would never do another superhero movie, less, like, especially not another Thor movie. Like, she hated it, like, despised it. They bring Taika back, and all of a sudden she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's class. I'm, I'm uh, intrigued as well. There was. There was always rumours about Natalie Portman taking on the, the Thor mantle when, you know, when Chris Hemsworth <laughs> leaves um, because of how, apparently in the comics and stuff, there's a whole, there's a whole line where Thor gets replaced or something by a woman. She, it's, it's confirmed she will be Thor in this movie. Right, there you um, go then. Like, there will be two Thors going around, there will be something like that. Apparently the story they're going with is the story from the comics where 
Thor transfers his powers over to yeah, yeah, because she has uh, cancer. Uh, so essentially, it's to save her life somewhat. Right. Whether that will be permanent or just for the movie, we don't know. We'll just need to see what happens, you know? What, so the Norse gods not get cancer? Is that like, have they like, got all the powers that combat that? I mean, Jack, I just thought that was obvious, but if you want to just like <laughs> fight against science, like that's up to you, my friend. I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you studied this shit, you know what I mean? You should, you should, you should know the human body. You know what I mean? Those those Norse god part parts. No, they just, they just fucking erase everything. Yeah, well known. Well known. Uh, there is no more news, and we have. <laughs> there is, but none worth talking about. <laughs> uh, absolutely none. Uh, the new, the new, the most recent news is we're in lockdown as of tomorrow. So, <laughs> absolutely class. <laughs> we're all buzzing. <laughs> no, we'll great. leave it there. We'll leave it there. A big, uh, big eight out of ten for Gladiator. Sorry to disappoint everyone because I was a bit negative. Uh, we all, we know you still love it, uh, and yeah, we'll just next time. Next, next time, time. It's, uh, Karate Kid, hosted by Ian Shearer, uh, star Marnie Russell, uh, makes our debut along with the man who hasn't seen anything. Kwaku Aji returns to the podcast uh, for Whoa. Karate Kid, so that'll be very exciting. Okay, and linked to that, I'll get them to advertise it as well. But when me and you are done. Our Mandalorian love sesh over there on FTTV, Jack. I think we'll be doing a, a Cobra Kai season one and two review. So if you want to get on the Karate Kid train, start over at First Time Films and then I'd say join us on FTTV, isn't that right? And that's the way to go. Exactly. Definitely. Be sure to tune in, guys. Cheers. Bye.